It's another Sunday night in quarantine, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. We've been talking to stand-up comics all over the map, finding out how people are slowly coming back to the stage. Can you make coronavirus funny, and what exactly are people talking about? Tonight, it's all about sketch and improv. The iconic Second City is opening up its doors again. Shows are happening, and we're going to find out what's happening in the world of sketch and improv. We're playing it safer and shorter and still hilarious. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go... Inside the joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network and real, all over the world, really, if you have t- internet at your house. I hope everybody does because no one has left their basement for most of the year now. It is our season four finale. I'm here with our producer, Vince Tedesco, here at Casa Di Vincenzo, broadcasting remotely. But it's been, uh, Vince, it's been a pretty interesting uh, season four, I would say. If we could recap real quick. So you remember one year ago, End of summer, beautiful out. We were down in the studios. Jim Gaffigan came in and sat with us for an hour. That was our big kickoff for season four. And then the world caught on fire and melted, and uh, the Spanish flu came back, and everything blew up. And now here, here we are recording from a bunker with neckbeards at the end of the season. So there you go. I remember our last show was with uh, Darren Frost and Louis Black. We had Louis Black on the phone. Yeah. Uh, that was our last show in studio. And then, of course, I remember that uh, second Nikki show when she just totally just overshot all of this. Funny was going to be great. Yeah. So, second Nikki, if you're listening, uh, where were you on that one, bud? Uh, and Louis Black, of course, what we were, we were talking to Louis Black, and his whole thing was like, yeah, things can't possibly get any weirder or more terrible. This was only just normal Trump stuff, by the way. This was, COVID didn't exist yet, or at least it still hadn't been revealed to us by the Chinese government. Yeah, it wasn't mainstream. They were still sweeping it under the carpet over there. But anyways, uh, and that was back then. And then boy, was Lewis wrong too. Uh, But anyways, we're going to go second city tonight. We're going to find out what's happening on stage with them. Improv and sketch is coming back. Live shows are happening again. Audiences are coming out. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's back, baby! You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. And guess what? They're actually we've been saying that for like six months now. Didn't apply because your parents' basement or whatever nuclear bunker you've been stuck in doesn't really have a back row. But now live comedy is a thing again, ladies and gentlemen. Slowly but surely, it's coming back. The last few weeks, we've been talking to a lot of stand-ups who are having indie shows pop up and sort of speakeasy shows. Uh, The biggest thing, I think Vince, our producer, sitting here with me, one of the most exciting things the last few weeks, of course, was Comedy Bar here in Toronto opening its doors again. That is a huge hub for comics. That is a huge linchpin of the scene. But this week, we're going something even more iconic in Toronto comedy and in Canadian comedy, Second City is back in business, baby. After months of COVID, so we have Carly Heffernan, who is, of course, artistic director of Toronto's infamous Second City, and we have Andrew Burchell, who is now a member of the Main Stage cast. How are you guys doing? Oh, wonderful. Thanks for having us. Really great. Yeah, thank you. I mean, so I I do want to, you guys do, of course, have have this new show that you're producing. You have this new show that you're putting on at the Second City. 
But just in general, I mean, you know, we were talking a while back to Mark Breslin from Yuck Yucks about this, just like, what was that boardroom scenario like when all of this stuff was first coming down back in March and everybody, you know, the writing was on the wall of like, e comedy is just not going to be a thing for the foreseeable future. What was the, what was the feeling like over at Second City? I mean, obviously everything we do in live comedy completely revolves around live audiences and hospitality and drinks and guests and all of those worlds that shut down immediately. How long did you guys see this thing playing out for? Oh, it's a great question, Dean, because at first we really had no idea. It was so unprecedented. We didn't know if this was going to be a couple weeks or then it started to become apparent that it was going to be longer than a couple weeks. Um, but but the, the live, as you say, the word live is such an interesting term, because I would say after just a couple of weeks of sitting and doing nothing and twiddling our comedic sounds, we yeah. started to take, you know, to take everything online. Um, our training center went completely virtual. We started doing online improv shows. And you can still do live comedy online. You absolutely can. And to be honest, when we were doing those online shows for the public, we had some of the most interesting live audience interactions that we've ever had. All of a sudden, we were reaching an international audience. I remember one of the shows we brought up on an audience member on screen, live up on that Zoom screen with us, and it was a mother and a daughter coming in from Colombia, and that was amazing, and that never would have happened. And then probably my favorite one, to be honest, is we brought a live audience member up on screen in a show called Girls Night In, and this woman came in fully in a bubble bath. That's how she wanted to join the show, and, and that would never happen in a live theater. So we were still making those connections. It was still ethereal and in the moment. It was still live comedy. Well, and I think that's the interesting thing. I think for Second City, you're in a, a unique spot because, you know, during this whole thing, the last few months, we've been talking to comics all over Canada, all over the States. People who have been at this for a couple of years. We've talked to people like Jim Gaffigan, who've all had to do the same thing. They're like, yeah, you know what? I've been just sitting at home for four months. I tried the Zoom shows. I tried these sort of live streaming shows that were popping up all over the place. For stand-up, it's a little bit awkward. It, it's not yeah. quite the same animal, you know, like you're watching like emoji reactions pop up and stuff. Whereas for you guys, you have this entire repertoire, this entire stable of sketch writers and performers. I mean, this these are people whose minds and whose artistry is just completely attuned to make something go viral, really. Oh, totally. And to be honest, the other thing that we have is that we're so ensemble based. So even when we're doing shows online, we're not doing them alone. We're doing them with other cast members, other comedians, and we're feeding off each other's energies. I mean, we're laughing at each other's jokes, at each other's bits. So it doesn't feel like you're just doing comedy into some sort of interweb vacuum of solitude. It actually feels really good and makes you feel like you are a part of a community again. And did you guys, and I mean, Andrew, of course, you could speak to this as, as a performer as well. I mean, did you guys feel that same? Because obviously, for anybody who's been to a Second City show, whether you're watching sketch, you're watching improv, if you've been to a show, it's very much based on the energy and the vibe of the room. It's very organic and real and in the moment. It's a very call and response thing. Whereas a lot of times stand-up, you know, a lot of comics just play it as sit there and be quiet for 90 minutes. <laughs> I have the podium, listen to what I say, laugh where you're supposed to laugh, and that's it. It's sort of this lone wolf thing a lot of the times. Whereas you guys, you're very much playing off of the audience and riding that wave. Did you feel that same sort of electricity going, having to move over to an online platform? I think that it's definitely a change, and I think there's a bunch more. You have to really trust that hopefully you're doing something funny. 
especially if you can't hear the laughs on the other end. But people are very uh, responsive in the chat, so they'll they'll let you know if they're liking something. So you can still kind of get that vibe. Of course, it's not exactly the same as having that seeing their faces, seeing them smile or chuckle or whatnot. But uh, you can definitely still get that same vibe and tell that they're liking something. And then get that response from. I think the comics who probably have thrived the most doing doing sets online to to a non you know just to a non physical audience. It's probably the comics who always did the pot rooms, really, because <laughs> there's no, <laughs> you know, you're just in front of a room of just catatonic people. It's like performing in front of the cast of Awakenings. There's like no, yeah. you know, there's no applause breaks. There's no heckling. There's no laugh. It's just sort of silent nods. Right. They probably just for them, it was probably no different at all, really, except they didn't have to leave their couch. But uh, for you guys. So before we, I want to get into sort of, I mean, Second City's whole brand and, and sort of whole notoriety is what you guys do is you play off the things that are happening in society and happening in culture in very real time. All of your reviews are always tackling what's happening in politics, what social change is going on, what's in the news, what are we sort of dealing with as a society at large? How much right now? I mean, there's a lot of people who are nervous to tackle a variety of things going on. I mean, we're in the middle of this groundswell political movement that is way overdue. We're in the middle of a lot of social upheaval and change. We are in the middle of a global pandemic that is completely dwarfing a U.S. election, which never happens. There's a lot of comics we've talked to who are like, I don't really know how to address any of this, even though it's the job of comedy. But Second City in particular, I mean, that's that's what you guys do. You take all these things through that filter and you present it to people on stage in a way that sort of takes the fear and the power out of it and, and relates it to people. Is this a time where you're all sort of sitting back and going, oh, my God, there's all this stuff to work with? Or are you trying to sidestep that and go, you know what, people need to forget about this stuff for an hour? Well, you know, that's a great question, Dean. And to be honest, the show that we're starting with, when we open up our doors again on September 3rd, that's this Thursday, uh, we are starting with a completely improvised show. Uh, Shorter, Safer, and Still So Funny is a 60-minute completely improvised show. It's going to be a lot of short form, like the games that you see on Whose Line it is, is It Anyways, um, with the added really interesting creative parameters of a socially distanced cast. Like the cast will be socially distanced on stage. So once you start to put those really interesting parameters in, to be honest, they kind of open up creativity. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And um, and the hardest thing to write is anything. Uh, so once you start to put like parameters <laughs> stay six feet away from your cast members, you start to come up with some really interesting ideas. But as we run this improv show, it's going to be all about joy, all about joy. If you, if you take yeah. a really macro look at the world right now, what we need is some joy. And, and Andrew can speak to this, but when we're improvising, the audience is dictating what we talk about. And so they'll let us know. They'll let the performers know, oh, we need something silly right now. They're going to give those suggestions. That's going to inspire the show. The show's going to be completely different every night. So maybe one night it is just an absolute absurd laugh factory. Maybe the next night, maybe you come back on Friday and we are talking a little bit more political satire. Maybe we are. What's really lovely is having that open creative dialogue with the audience and allowing them to inspire what goes on that stage it's so true i mean for improv that's that just enriches it even more i mean good improv is all about just accepting as many hurdles being put in your path as possible (laughs) 
yep. and just playing with them and making that part of the landscape. Whereas, I mean, for people sitting down right now and, and trying to use this time to write new comedy, I mean, how do you sit down and I'm going to write a hot 10 about a pandemic the world has never seen before, <laughs> you know, or half of the continent being on fire. I mean, it's really, whereas for you guys, it's like, yeah, you have to deal with the framework of just the physical act of what it takes to put on a live show right now. But yeah, as you said, I mean, for improv artists, like, yeah, let's, it, it's just more stuff for them to play with. Mm-hmm. I think it's so absolutely true. Andrew, when we come back, one thing I want to, cause I mean, obviously joining the main stage, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that for you as a performer, obviously you always aspire to, and you look at second city and it's this sort of hallowed ground for comics. How weird is it making that move now with all of this strange stuff going on, like it's almost like, you, either, you know, you either get to be this part of this cast that sort of represents a new era because things are going to be different regardless, or it's sort of like, a, oh man, why did I get that opportunity and all of this is happening? I, I think it's it's an incredible, incredible time to get it. I think it is a huge shift. The the Space and the venue itself are changing and everything that's going on in the world and coming back because usually you get to understudy or work with material and then move into new material. Now we're starting like from scratch. I'm new there. Uh, it's all starting fresh from improv. So and like you said, everything that's going on in the world and this being uh, a place that does use satire and politics. It's it's going to be a big year, I think, for for this. And like it's smaller audiences because of social distancing and playing with that and, and mass and safety precautions. But, you know, I, I think it's going to, I think it's still going to be a big year. I think it's so interesting, Andrew, not to, not to put any uh, pressure on you and the ensemble. But it's so it's always so interesting to be part of something that is the first, I mean, this is historic. You guys will all be part of a historic show. It will go down in history as being the first post-COVID show. That's really cool. It really will. And it's going to kick off this whole new season of comedy in a different world. Everything is going to look and feel different now. But, I mean, it it sounds like for Second City, this is more of an opportunity to just take it and run with it. And it is what it is. But the most important thing is getting people in seats again and going back to doing what you do. And just rolling with it. Just rolling with the scenario that we have in front of us. We're going to come back with more Carly and Andrew, more Second City, right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Brian O'Gorman, and you listen to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 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 There you go. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you socially distance more clearly. Just look out for those six-foot markers. Hakeem Optical will help you do that. Second City. We are talking about Second City. It's back. It's opening up. They're kicking off a new season in a new era of comedy. This September 3rd here in Toronto. We've got Carly Heffernan and Andrew Burchell on the line. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. Doing great. Great. Before the break, obviously, so September 3rd, you have this new show that is entirely improv. And Carly, before the break, you were telling us about how, yes, obviously, while the theater was closed and we can't do live shows, 
you guys moved over to online and you were getting a huge response for sketch and improv content that you were putting out there. Now that we're, now that we're back on stage this, this September with this show, how long was this specific show sort of in the works for during that downtime? Was this, was this something where you guys were like, okay, here's time that we could take to plan this? Or was it more of like a, we just have to get up there and do, do something, do anything? Uh-huh. That, that's a great question. To be honest, it was always in the back of our brains. Um, lots and lots of meetings on, okay, when we can reopen, what shall we open with? What shall we open with? But just like everybody who's living in this moment right now, these a completely unprecedented times, you have to look at the news cycle. You have to look at the numbers. You have to look at literally what your, you know, your government is telling you that you, um, what you can and cannot safely do. And so we're sort of in that waiting, that holding pattern. And to be honest, you start to get so many amazing creative ideas and then you're like oh man let's just reopen oh I can't wait till we get the green light um and then and then the cast themselves though have and Andrew you can speak to this they just had their first rehearsal yesterday and of course it was on the zoom baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we've been we started on zoom yesterday it was uh basically a meet and greet and and how we're gonna go do this moving forward, but everyone seems exciting about excited about it. It's going to be weird rehearsing over Zoom and then only seeing each other for the performances, which yeah. is a completely new thing. That's the thing too. I mean, for for the cast of Second City, I mean, especially when you're doing the reviews and you're doing the main stage shows, so much of the time is spent together bouncing ideas off of each other and rehearsing and writing together. It is so interesting to like that. I'm sure that completely unprecedented to yeah not be face-to-face in person on that stage together until it's opening night all of a sudden there's people in the seats and that's it like <laughs> hi how are you doing and okay let's start <laughs> yeah opening night is going to be like one big first date for the cast <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting i mean obviously you you all know you know how your voices play off of each other and what the material is and sort of uh, the the direction you want to the beats that you want to take the show in but yeah i mean that's that's so interesting it'll be like the what what a night for that that crowd in particular because it's such a surreal show because this has never happened before and the people filling that theater on that night are watching you guys really just interact with each other that way for the very first time i mean that's never happened for an audience before Oh, you're so right. It's, it's, I mean, it's just first upon first upon first. Um, but what I also think is so interesting is, is that we're doing this shorter show, right? That's far safer yeah. for us to just do an hour long show. And when we talk about that, like we've all been sitting uh, by ourselves, isolated, we've all been coming up with ideas. You can't stop ideas. They just keep coming. The brain doesn't know that it's in isolation. It doesn't really care about the fact that it's a pandemic. It just still keeps coming up with amazing ideas for new improv games, amazing ideas for scenes, amazing jokes. And so everyone's coming to the table so full, so full of ideas. And for the first time, we're doing a show that's half the length of our usual show. I mean, it's just going to be this beautiful buffet of the best of the best. It's like uh, the comedic brain is kind of like Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, nothing goes on pause. There is no, there is no pandemic. If it's lobotomized, it's like Florida. (laughs) (laughs) One, one of the interesting things though, I found, and and even like, you know, we've, we've been talking to a lot of comics who, you know, made the move to LA or made the move to New York years ago for their careers. And then all of a sudden now 
with all of this happening, they're in a way they're kind of stranded there because they can't do live shows. They're missing home. They're sort of stuck in this place where things are a little bit more crazy. One of the interesting side effects of all this that we've found talking to a lot of comics in Canada is we sort of have this renewed appreciation for our own talent right now and for building our own audiences and our own base in a way, because we're being sort of isolationist and protectionist. We we don't want the border open because we're trying to just play it safe here in Canada. A lot of people are just appreciating Canadian comedy again right now and going, let's just support each other and watch each other. Whereas before all this happened, everything really was always about, let's just get those credentials and go to the States and that's it. America, America, America. We're really sort of being insular with it right now, it feels like. I was working. Oh, sorry. No, you go, Andrew. You go. I I was working on my green card before this all happened. I was getting my stuff together and a package together to submit. And then this has happened. And I am so thankful (laughs) that I am here right now. It is. And now that things have opened up with phase three, it seems like it is getting busier. And it seems like people are really like rallying around Canadian content and getting Canadians in productions and especially in comedy. I think it's being celebrated more again. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I agree. I think. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I think we're seeing this push for more authentic voices and, and more authentic storytelling. And so, if we're telling these Canadian stories, we're saying, no, no, come on now. These have to come from Canadian voices, which I think is amazing. I'm also, to be honest, seeing this general appreci- appreciation for art um, that. It, it's just being uh, like uh, on a megaphone right now. And I love that because everyone in isolation has been turning to the arts for inspiration. Uh, you know, they were like, Oh, I'm having a bad day. So they, they throw on a great album and listen to an amazing song. And all of a sudden they're ready to tackle their work day again. Or like uh, most of us, we've all binged the entirety of Netflix. We just watched all of it. Um, it really gave us stuff to do. Art gave us inspiration. It, re- it has helped so, so many people through this ongoing pandemic. It's so true. I mean, I just rewatched all of Oz, but that was more for the homoeroticism. <laughs> but that's my journey. <laughs> but it is but it is so true. Like I you know, because it's almost it's almost like this whole, you know, 4 or 5 months of quarantine and everybody being stuck in this same sort of stasis at the same time. It really I think sort of slowed our attention spans down again. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything was like Let's consume it fast, 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 five minute bites. No, I'm bored with this. I'm done with this. It, you're so right. I mean, people are people are looking up old comedy albums again. People are watching specials again. People are reading new stuff again. It's just because we have all this time and we have to keep ourselves entertained. It really does seem like it has sort of slowed things down again, which I think it, obviously we didn't need anything that's going on right now, but it is one positive side effect of that for sure. Absolutely. And an interesting thing for me as well, and this really pertains to comedy, especially what we do at Second City in terms of improv, we are always looking to connect. We're looking to connect with the audience and we're looking to connect with each other through shared experiences. And this is a global shared experience. Everyone, every single individual on the planet has been affected by this pandemic in some way. So we now literally have one thing that all of us can relate to. We have this and the fact that we were all born at one point. We got those two things (laughs) that we know everyone's been through. It's so true. I mean, you know, in, in Canadian comedy, especially, I think we always before felt this sort of pressure to just be very regional and play off of certain archetypes that we had about ourselves. 
and we sort of were always trying to figure out how to how to reach out to just this broader global audience. And it's you're absolutely right. Now everybody, it's sort of even the playing field in a way where every performer that's had to take to online and put their stuff out into the world. Yeah, when in when in history has the entire planet ever had this one shared experience? Yeah. You know, and it's so easy to forget that. I mean, if you're if you're a comic and you you're trying to you're trying to write something about what's going on right now. So it's like, oh, I'm waiting in line for 20 minutes at Loblaws with a mask on. <laughs> you forget that. So is somebody in Mexico City, and so is somebody in Honolulu, and somebody so is somebody in Hong Kong. You know, the same thing is happening across the entire planet, and it's such a bizarre thing because it's sort of, I think, in a weird way, it takes the ego out of comedy in a way. Yes, it kind of puts us on like an even playing field. And even though I'm sure we've all had very specific experiences with it, we've all still felt it. It's it's just there. It's it's this mist. Oh gosh, I shouldn't say that because that sounds like the droplet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't speak moistly to anyone. It's, I'll use vibe. It's a vibe. It's the pandemic vibe. And so everyone. Regardless of whether you come into the second city and you watch scenes and they have to do like specifically with the pandemic, you're still all coming in with that shared like background. And you're all probably, I'm going to say 99.999% of you are there because this pandemic has left you in a place where, oh, do you want to laugh? You don't just want to laugh. You need a laugh. Mm -hmm. And so we're all going to come in in like a really interesting shared head space and emotional space. And I don't think I've ever felt that before. So I'm so excited for that. You know, see, even during a global pandemic, we still find a way to be as Canadian as possible. Like our biggest, (laughs) our biggest political scandal during this was the fact that our prime minister said the word moistly. And then meanwhile, you've got the president being like, drink Javex. That's what you do. Drink some bleach. Oh, Please. Every time I'm talking to my American friends and I talk about any of the big headlines in Canada, they're they're floored. That made the news? What? (laughs) Yeah, that happens in like small town Minnesota on the daily, but that's your national. Yeah, I mean, we really are one big Minnesota anyways. But, you know, I was talking to we had Deborah DiGiovanni on a while ago, and she's like a lot of people have been saying this, but she's saying, you know, I mean, She's been in L.A. for years. Her career took her there. L.A. is very much home. She's very much ingrained in the comedy scene there. And she said, you know, this is the first time in a while where I've really sort of went on pause and took a step back and looked at home and just felt this, like, patriotism that I don't normally have. You know, I think it sort of stripped everything back for all of us. I mean, here in a city like Toronto, where there's such a comedy hub and it's, you know, our stand-up scene is massive here, sketch is based here. Everything is always about that hustle and that grind and go, go, go. And you have to hit X amount of mics every night. I think for a lot of people in comedy, it was a chance to sort of just be forced into appreciating real offstage life again, which in turn enriches what you're doing on stage. Yeah, for sure. uh, Taking that time away and like actually just letting your mind settle and figure out like what you want to do, where you want to go with your career and everything like that. And like, not having to do auditions daily or worrying about this or that. And also having like, if you were uh, an artist that needed it, uh, having that $2,000 of serve money to take that pressure off that hustle and bustle idea, it definitely, you know, allowed some time to like calm the mind and really like think about what life is and what you want to do with it. At least for me. But you're so right. Like, you have to, when we're doing comedy, we are putting experiences up on stage. 
So you have to have those experiences, right? <laughs> yeah. You really do. I mean, that's the, yeah, it's that sort of catch 22 of like, how are you writing about life and talking about life yeah. if you aren't living life? <laughs> you know, you're really just being on the subway every night and running around from mic to mic. You have to sort of step back and have those other things enter into your world so that you have, you are enriched on that side. You have something to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, th- and that happens all the time, to be honest. Speaking of the Second City process, usually when you're in a Second City process, you're in the theater all the time, rehearsing, improvising, rehearsing, improvising. Um, and so I, I think that sometimes you're like, oh, wait, now what am I, am I telling a joke about telling a joke? Oh, no, I've, I've become comedy inception. And this is so interesting because all our cast has had months of living, of learning, of reading, of writing, of having interactions, having thoughts, having opinions, and that that's what they're going to bring to this show. And that's so exciting. It's so true. We're going to find out more about what this new show is at the Second City, September 3rd, how they are tackling more so than anybody what's going on in the world. We'll be back with more Second City right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name's Graham Kay, and you are listening to Inside Jokes 640. We're the kids in America. We're the kids in America. Everybody live for Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. I'm not singing the jingle because that has to happen It'll be a magic moment when we're all physically back in studio together with a panel and we can all sing it together in season five. We have, of course, Carly Heffernan and Andrew Bruchel of The Second City on the line with us talking about. So you guys, just another quick breakdown of this new show that happened September 3rd after months on pause. Oh, absolutely. The show is called Shorter, Safer, and Still So Funny, and it is an hour of completely improvised comedy. And so for you guys, I mean, Carly, we were talking earlier in the show, obviously, when all of this happened, none of us in comedy knew how long things were going to go on hold for or what this would look like or if, you know, any everything was a giant looming question mark. Now there's sort of more clarity and things are sort of coming back. And but we were talking about how a lot of people did use this time to sort of step back and sort of take in new art and do things that could enrich themselves as comedians and writers and actually just live life again a little bit. Did you guys ever have that panic moment, though, like just as a person, not even just as an out of work comedy person, but just as a person where you step back and went, oh, my God, the world is going to end. Like for me, I was very calm sort of about the whole thing. And I went, yeah, it's like a forced break in a way where I am going to just try and take in new things. Did you ever have that panic attack, though? To be honest, Dean, I did not have time to have a panic attack. <laughs> and that's, that's classic Carly Heffernan. Um, because we moved over to the online world at Second City so early on, and the first thing that we moved over was our training center. And um, to be honest, I love teaching. I love teaching comedy, but in a pre-COVID world, I never had time to do it. My schedule was always so packed. There was no time to drive down to the training center and log my, you know, three hours with my class. I just couldn't do it. But when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden I could be teaching 
sketch comedy from my laptop in my office. And so I got back into teaching online right away. And it was amazing. And it gave me something to look forward to every week. It gave me these moments where I was connecting with individuals. And because all of a sudden we were online, uh, for the first time, I was teaching um, American students, international students. So I... uh, I started to feel more connected, to be honest, to humanity than I had for a while. So there was no panic moment for me personally. Yeah, it's kind of it's this weird sort of flip side of the coin where you get to focus solely on creating content and reaching out to people and not sort of the rat race element of it, where you're just running around trying to spin all these plates like you can actually just focus on what you want to put onto the world. And I think a lot of people in comedy, what they've talked about is, you know, you get so busy trying to, it's, it's hard enough to cultivate a career in comedy and especially in Canadian comedy. So you spend so much time just working and driving towards that. You don't actually get a lot of time to step back and do what you did in the first place, which is how you got there, which is be a fan of comedy. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've been back watching oh, so many things, right? Watching old classic SCTV, uh, rewatching Fleabag over and over again. It's been it's been a really great time for that and a space to uh, to make space for a little bit more me time. Just a titch, just a titch. <laughs> How about you, Andrew? What what has sort of kept you entertained and laughing during this whole thing? Oh, well, <laughs> I I definitely panicked uh, during the beginning. <laughs> there we like, go. Yeah. So everything, like, as you're saying, it's like with, with this industry, it's like you have to be on it. And if things were going really well and then everything shut down. So, like, at the beginning, I, I just, like, didn't do anything. Then I transitioned to, like, a lot of running. I started learning Mandarin and I and writing. But as far as like keeping myself laughing, my favorite, one of my favorite things is actually by uh, some people that were at Second City as well. Uh, it's a show called Detroiters. And I think you can watch that on online pretty easily. But uh, yeah, that was a great show. And then just old movies. I watched some 90s movies like Twins, As Good As It Gets, those kind of things. But yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just saying that Twins is as good as it gets. Like, that's the touchstone movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Twins is basically the pinnacle of comedy. That is the citizen chain of our time. Yeah. I also like how you're like, yeah, I panicked. But then also I learned Mandarin and got into really good shape. Oh, you're one of those people, are you, yeah. Andrew? <laughs> I have a lot of those I, people I, on my I Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent most of it you know what actually I mean I'm approaching 40 I think for for somebody in your 30s COVID was just a really easy excuse to do what you're always trying to find ways to do anyways which is just get out of plans with your friends yeah oh, I'm not gonna lie that has been such there are two really huge silver linings for me in terms of COVID number one is that it's so I mean there's just no plans to have to fake to get out of now, which is awesome. That's, that's been really great. Number two, I'm not going to lie to you, is having this added excuse for men to not get up in my space. Um, you know, now I can save a guy sort of like I'm at the convenience store and he's like, it's a little too close and I don't like it. I'm like, oh, stay six feet. And now he doesn't think I'm a feminist. He thinks I'm a germaphobe. And for some reason, he takes that better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everybody it loves true. a germaphobe. <laughs> Everyone loves them. The whole planet is like 7 million Larry Davids now. It's going to be great. (laughs) I love that. But for 
just to go back to your point, dude, so many comedians, we all started self-producing, right? We all, that hustle was right there at the beginning. And it was a little bit of like coming full circle because I never had in my mind that question of like, oh my gosh, am I never going to be able to do this again? It was literally just, you know, how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to do this? And then you literally just, again, necessity is the mother of invention. You just figured a way. Uh, you figured out a way to do it because we're also used to creating and producing our own work or creating and producing our own shows. It was just finding a different medium to do it in. That's so true. And I mean, one, you know, obviously this show is an improv show and you guys are sort of coming back and figuring out what this new season and what these new shows are going to look like with this weird framework that we're living in now. One thing that Second City is always so good at doing is sort of looking back on the year and recapping what sort of the big moments of the year where what, what do you think second city's take on 2020 might look like? Obviously that's not a thing that's happening yet, but I mean, there's going to be a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should just start the show with literally bringing a garbage out on stage and lighting it on fire. Is that what we should do? <laughs> Andrew, is that the opener? <laughs> I think so. I think it is maybe set to a musical number and then we've got an opener. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is going to be about, it's going to be absolutely taking a look at the world around us, reflecting it on stage. But for, I really do believe that the root of it is going to be joy. It's going to be love and it's going to be joy. And it's going to be appreciating the fact that everybody in that room that night is having moments of community and connection with each other. It's going to be electric. That, that energy in the room is just going to be electric. And focusing on that macro of joy and love and laughter, ooh, that's going to feel good. And I think I have to think in some weird way, I mean, obviously we have no control over a pandemic, but we can we can deal with the things that happen as a result of it. I do think, you know, when all of this chaos does sort of simmer down and when things sort of start to even out and flatten out again, I do think there's going to be a lot of positive change in the world in general as a result of this. I think it has forced us to sort of take a step back and look at how fast we were racing towards this wall as a society on a lot of fronts and just sort of live things in a different way after all of this. I mean, that's sort of grandiose, but I really do think that there's going to be a lot of positive that eventually comes out the other side of this. I agree. I think we're going to appreciate each other more and I think we're going to support each other and be more kind moving forward. I really, really believe that. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. I think as bad as everything that has happened is, I think the results will hopefully be equally good going forward. There we go. Positivity and comedy. That's what the world needs right now. Uh, we're going to come back with more Second City and more of what's going on this season and, of course, kicking off this September 3rd. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Inside the joke, 640 a.m. Please tune in every Sunday night. Okay. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on Global News Online. We have Carly Heffernan and Andrew Burchell of the Second City on the line with us. And of course, you guys, after COVID, of course, you've been doing a lot of online stuff you have not slowed down you've been doing sketch you've been doing improv but the live show is returning september 3rd all improv here in toronto on the main stage oh and we couldn't be more excited for it we have been loving our time online absolutely but there is nothing like doing live in-person comedy so we are so so stoked 
And Andrew, not to put you uh, too much in the hot seat, and of course, obviously, your artistic director is here on the line with you. But for you, I mean, you know, you're starting this new season in perhaps the most bizarre year in the history of comedy, probably. Uh, you're doing this show on opening night without having physically been in the same room as the other cast members. And that's sort of how you're jumping into this world. And that's after months of sort of being on hiatus. Are you nervous? I <laughs> I am definitely nervous. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but I'm excited. I've trained with the Second City. I've done uh, – they're Turco, Edco, and Famco. So I've been on that stage before. And honestly, I'm as soon as you see, like, and I'm excited to be in front of an audience again and to actually yeah. be able to perform with other people beyond uh, just the screen. So I think that will probably override the nervousness and, like, turn it into excitement because, honestly, I, I can't wait for it. And honestly, I've always thought of it as nervousness and excitement. They're just those are cousins. They're just close, close cousins. So I think it's great. And to be honest, it shows that you care. If you, I remember being told that many, many years ago in theater school that um, I had a teacher who said, if you're not nervous for the show, you don't care enough about it. So I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. That nervous energy in comedy is so important. I mean, especially in, in improv, because you're just rolling with it and throwing off each other but that is so true i mean i think in in stand-up any time where something has never gone well it is in my experience anyways it was always those shows where i just walked in there thinking ah whatever i've got this if i didn't have that sort of energy inside me where i'm you know you have to be like backstage there's gonna be like the entire cast of you guys are just gonna be doing laps around each other backstage six feet apart just eight miling it out that's what you're gonna be doing Pacing around performance energy, right? We're performers. It's like it's like an athletic endeavor. You need that adrenaline to get you going. It is so true. You guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It is it's been so incredible these last few weeks just to see sort of finally these iconic institutions in Canadian comedy open back up again and new things happening and audiences come back out. And of course, Second City is at the very top of that list. And once again, Carly, so where can people get tickets for this new season and for this September 3rd show and find out more about it? Absolutely. Just go on over to www.secondcity.com. We've got shows on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thursday, we have one 8 o'clock show. Friday, we have a show at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Saturday, a show at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And I would get those tickets because we only sell 50 tickets per show, and we are getting real close to selling out our opening weekend. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. We are so glad to hear that you're back at it and things are kicking off again this September. Second City, don't miss it. It's back. Live comedy is a thing again. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Stay safe. But more importantly, September 3rd, just have fun with it. Thanks for having us. That's our show. Thank you again so much to our panel today, Carly Heffernan and Andrew Burchell of the Second City. So glad to see that they're back doing what they do. And I think, again, what a what a more, I wouldn't say perfect moment in time because I wouldn't describe anything right now in the world as perfect. But I think it's definitely the right time for Second City to get back up on stage doing improv and doing sketch and tackling what's going on in the world. Uh, Vince, that's our show, buddy. That's it for season four. Yeah, crazy. Uh, who knew? When the hell did March we started um, this? Uh, yeah, from Gaffigan to Second City, which are two very solid bookends with a bunch of fires and uh, chaos and pandemic in between. But really, all around, we wrapped it up nicely. We will be back 
next week with the very start of season five of Inside Jokes. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Yes, we will still be remote broadcasting next week. But uh, to leave you off uh, for season four, the year that was, uh, the craziness that it all is, uh, a little humor from a comedian uh, who's working the New York circuit named Josh Johnson. And he's got a great take on just exactly what the hell we've all been going through and if they don't fix it, what it just might look like moving forward. Enjoy your Comedy Rx. We'll see you next week, Season 5. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week, featuring Josh Johnson. Like If they don't fix coronavirus, like if we just live with it forever and then that's it, shaking hands will go away. <laughs> It'll go away. And when it goes away, for our grandkids, like generations and generations past now, when our grandkids shake hands, that's going to be like third base. <laughs> You're going to have people after dates like, girl, how was it? And she's like, girl, <laughs> towards the end of the day, we ate and, you know, we had a little wine and everything. And then, like, we just shook hands in front of everybody. It was crazy in public, in public, in public. <laughs> it just felt right that her friend would be like, girl, girl. Please tell me you wore a glove. No glove. Girl, no glove. You nasty. I know. I know I'm nasty, though.